today's sponsor is brought to you by GameStop for the gamer in you. For those of you that love to play PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and any other system that you can think of, you can also go to GameStop, buy cheap games, or trade in your smart devices for store credit. Whoa, store credit. Nice. Exactly. So, Go down to your nearest GameStop, or better yet, if you want to order online, go to GameStop.Crusade.net, and that is Crusade with a K, GameStop.Crusade.net. Just help Crusade Movement out by putting the little pennies in our pockets, and it costs you nothing extra. And really, GameStop is the only place that you even should be considering looking for fulfilling your gaming needs. Honestly. And welcome to yet another episode of Four Spheres. This is your girl, Jamise. And this is your boy, straight off the presidential debate, Khalif. It's very exciting. We just had the first U.S. presidential debate between uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and businessman turned mogul Donald Trump Sr. <laughs> <laughs> and what a... What a what great television it was! I it mean, actually was, I think, a less interesting than people were hoping for, because you know the Donald has been very much reality show before, and he's really toned himself down a lot. Well, like like I've always said, he's trying to get the Tiffany's, the the Tiffany Amber Thesons, the oh, Jennifer's, what? the um, you know, the inclusive white women to vote for him, not the black folks. But this he is knows a, he lost us. But this is but he's still trying. But this isn't a political show. It isn't. It isn't. We don't we don't talk politics here, but please remember to listen to us on Friendly Fire where we do get into, you know, current events and what's going on in the world and our local communities and politics. And also this Wednesday, if you're listening, well, I of should course just you're listening. Date. Uh November uh September twenty seventh, new podcast debuting. Oh called, yeah. Yes, yeah, called Back to the podcast all right it's gonna be a movie a movie reviewing show where basically you got like the the movie coach michael gonzalez and your boy could leave talking movies from the present back to the giving shots out to the 80 babies so movies that just have come about during your lifetime pretty much we can't go back past the 80s because we can only time travel in our lifetime. I got you. See, I was, I was explaining to Khalid the other day about um, Stephen <laughs> Hawkins' time travel theory. But it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, um, I was listening. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're listening. It, physics is fascinating. And like I always said, if you're not into physics, you just your teacher just failed you because physics is absolutely fascinating. Um, but, yeah, that's not what the show is about either because we're talking about our favorite zombie show, maybe. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, which comes on AMC. I think I've been saying the wrong time. It is, it is nine eight central. It's a little bit earlier than I remembered, and uh, it is. We're going into. We only had two more episodes to go, so we're we're wrapping this season two up, and I'm right. I'm 
getting a little excited, you know, just a little bit. I think Khalifa's getting excited because the once this wraps, then Walking Dead will come back. And I know it's been a long break since we saw them last. And the last scene we saw them, they were Who confronting the bat? a bat. Who so gets the bat? That's what I want to know. Who gets which, the bat? It was funny in this episode, some woman claimed that she was hit with the bat. Did you catch that? I did. I like that. I was that. like, huh, is that like a kind of wink, wink, nod, nod to I believe the parent it was. show? I believe it was. I mean, it was a nice little nod because you're coming to that end. And just, just in case you forgot, oh, yes, I was hit by a bat. <laughs> well, that was a pretty bad bruise. It didn't look like a bite. It really did like a really, really bad bruise. Now, yes. So before we get into this. The name of today's show is Date of Death. And this is season date two. Date of Death or Date with Death? No, Date of Death. Oh. Date of Death. And this is season two, episode 13. The director of this episode was Christopher Screw. <laughs> That's as good pronunciation as any. I, I don't know. It's S, if you guys can figure it out, email us at, remember, follow us on Facebook. And I've been saying it wrong the past couple shows. Oh, no. I know. K-E Crossfire. Mm-hmm. I kept saying Friendly Fire. It was Friendly Fire. No, no, now. you did say Crossfire before. I'm correcting it right. just now because I think it was one of the past shows. Oh, uh, okay. But, yes, FriendlyFacebook.com at K-E Crossfire. All right. And our email is forcefear at crusade.net and christopher shrew if you know how to write pronunciation is his last name is s-c-h-r-e-w-e probably shrew oh shrew yeah Yeah. okay but he's he did a lot of german tv movies german tv movies yes i was looking up his filmography (laughs) his directing that sounds fascinating and not and but he has worked on Criminal Minds. Oh, oh. Um one episode in twenty fifteen and a new show that's kind of a, a hit show that's going on right now. What's that? It's called Mr. Robot. Starring I don't know Mr. Robot. What channel is that come on? I don't know. I mean oh, but I I've, seen, I've seen the posters where remember um Night at the Museum? Yes. Um the Prince. The Egyptian Prince. Yes. He was cute. He is the lead actor in this show. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. So, and the writers, as always, is your boy, Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore. So, the synopsis. Refugees begin flooding into the hotel. The group is staying. Oh, sorry. I totally botched this. Let oh, did again. you? Oh, rewind. <laughs> Refugees begin flooding into the hotel the group is staying at. And they recognize a familiar face among them. Madison has a hard time dealing with the entire situation. Mm. And this came from AMC.com. <laughs> yes. And there you go. First impressions. I mean, like, after you watched the show, what was something that immediately came to mind? Um, the theme of parenting adults. Um, I think it's been an ongoing theme throughout the show, throughout this this season, and it's coming to a head in this episode um, because, you know, how do you parent children as they become adults? It's really, it's even more difficult than when they're small because they have definitely shown that they're a different type of personality, and sometimes the person that they're growing up to be, uh, you don't really like them that much, to be honest. That is definitely true, and I concur with that. I mean, it was it's definitely hard seeing. You see the two 
exo facto leaders, I guess, Travis and Madison mm-hmm. of the original squad, having to deal with the people that they have to care for and have to eventually let go. But how do you let go but still care? Because this is a dangerous world, as Chris said. You either kill or be killed. There's no good, no bad. You do it to survive. Yeah, he has come to that point a little bit too quickly. So um, this episode really, after well, all I can sum it up is that I just feel really sad for Travis. I did. I did also. Um, and I guess that's really the overwhelming thing. I'm just like, wow. Oh, Tough. Man. It is. But, no, well, that was our first impression. Let's go ahead and jump right into this recap. Mm-hmm. So, a mass of desperate survivors bang on the gate of the Rosarito Beach Hotel after spotting the neon sign that Madison flashed the previous night. And pause just for a moment. Like I said, when I was first watching this with you, I was like, Man, what kind of hotel resort got a got a gate around it like that? To me, I'm like, oh, it must be in a bad neighborhood because yeah. you know we've we've never seen a place like that. Never. And Madison, Alicia, Elena, Oscar, and Hector stand guard, refusing entry. But Madison sees Travis in the crowd. In a recent flashback, James. Did Wright- you see Travis call her his wife? No, I missed that. Yes, he was saying that's my wife in Spanish. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally missed it because I was listening. I wasn't reading. Y mi esposa, mi esposa. And I just heard her tell everyone, this is my fa- this is my family. Mm-hmm. And they looked pissed. And everyone was mad. Like, look <laughs> what you did. with. They still mad about the sign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in a recent flashback, James Rithers in pain and agony. And after, a for- ugh, and after a former shot his leg in the Baja born, the farmer lies dead on the ground following Chris' fatal gunshot. Travis orders Brandon. Farmer? Were you saying farmer? No, farmer. Oh. Travis orders Travis orders Brandon, Derek, and Chris to stop James bleeding while he finds something to stitch up the wound. Travis runs to the farmhouse and finds gauze, scissors, and sewing supplies. Travis stitches the wound shut, rolls James over to sew up the exit wound. James screams in pain. Travis assures the group that James will get better. Travis buries, Trav- wow! Travis buries the farmer next to his family and makes a cross for the headstone. What did you? Well, I'll keep going. No, no, no. We need to stop and pause when you just continuously reading to us. <laughs> so, what were you gonna say? Well, no, I was just saying like this was. I thought this was a good moment for Travis, and I, I, gave him some closure. But I started to feel like. I started to get at first I was like I felt like the well maybe I'm ahead of the maybe I'm ahead of the gun but I felt like the boys how they felt like Travis doesn't have the balls mm-hmm. to do what needs to be done to live in this world mm-hmm. but being surrounded by a bunch of jackasses <laughs> I really appreciated that somebody was the voice of reason True you always have that voice And immediately you you can see the fear like, oh, he's in pain and all and everyone's looking at each other. But only Travis is the one who's trying to help him. Mm-hmm. They immediately saying, oh, he's going to die. He's going to die. And he's like, he's not going to die. There's an exit wound. How do you know this? I had to do all the medical classes. I'm a teacher. But did you catch the little snide comment or attitude that he had? He's an English teacher. 
Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it didn't really matter to me because I thought it was interesting that, like, as he said, because he worked for L.A. public schools, he did have to go through um, first aid training every year, which I think is pretty cool. And I don't know if all public school systems do that for their teachers, but that's really valuable because you never know what could happen. Yeah. Might be a school shooting. You may have to go Rambo. Oh, there you go. So Brandon and Derek and Chris laugh around a campfire while feasting on chicken and beer. Travis Ch- That's my dinner of choice. Yes. Dinner of champions. <laughs> Travis checks in with James and asks him to rate his pain on a scale of 1 to 10. James is hesitant to admit he's in pain in front of his friends. Travis urges James to alert him if his condition worsens. Travis pulls Chris aside and chastises him for killing the former and feeling no for The farmer. You keep saying former. You really are saying former. Farmer. No. Farmer. Uh-huh. Who cares? <laughs> For feeling no remorse, Chris defends his actions and warns Travis to be careful how he acts with Brandon's crew. We need them, he says. This was a good scene for me. Mm. And the tension between this whole story was building because... Travis is trying to hold on, but convince his son to come back from the dark side, if you will. <laughs> and no matter what he does. It is kind of like an Anakin level sort of spiral, is. isn't it? It feels like that to <laughs> me because it's like Obi-Wan trying to save Anakin. It's like, you were the chosen one. But it's just that, um, not that to that extreme, but Travis is like, dude, why don't you feel, in, why don't you feel bad about this? He shot my friend. They're not your friends. Like, you know them for a few hours, man. Chill. <laughs> and did you get, he was like, oh, and the thing, like, I didn't feel bad for Chris. I wanted to punch him in the nuts. I never felt bad for Chris. Well, I mean, he's like, remember when I was having a hard time in middle school? Sounding mm-hmm. like Donald Trump whining. Mm-hmm. Remember I had a hard time in middle school and you just told, and everyone's picking on me and you told me just to pretend to get along with everyone. Right. And he's like, we need these guys, dad. I need them. And I was like, dependent much? Psycho. Why do you need them? Because I'm like, yeah, I don't, I was feeling High like, school's over, dude. It's zombie apocalypse. You don't have to worry about being popular anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and what did you think about this trans, this transaction, I guess? I didn't really think much of it. I was just like, it's more Chris being a douche. <laughs> mm, nice said. <laughs> Travis pulls Chris. Oh, sorry. In the present, Madison opens the gate for Travis, but keeps the other survivors out. Travis stares despondently at the ocean from a hotel balcony and asks Madison, where is Nick? Madison says that Nick ran away, then asks, where is Chris? Travis sits on the bed, emotional. I had no choice, he says. At this point, I was like, did he kill him? Right? I was hoping so. I was like, I hope something was going off that he, like, popped it and i feel bad because i was like i'm wanting this dad to do what darth vader couldn't do and just luke was actually a better son (laughs) well you know you got a mercy kill this is what i was hoping put this kid out of his misery jesus christ (laughs) but at but at the farm brandon announces that they're moving on the next location travis argues that james is not well enough but james insists he's okay to travel Derek says that they're going to san diego travis reiterates that san diego was destroyed and asks chris to back him up but chris says they never actually went to san diego i like this scene because i was like you can just see that the the hurt bro 
was in pain. Right. And you can just constantly see that. And Travis is really trying to be the voice of reason. And I really like this. But these guys are headstrong and they're like, dude, we're going to get what the hell we want when we want it. Yeah, so just stubborn, and Chris is like, even though Chris knows better, because he did see San Diego, he's like, oh, no, in denial, like, that's what they're going to be, is where they want to go, so that's where we're going to go. And another thing, it was like, a fight was about to ensue, because Travis was like, I told you guys we should be eating eggs, not the chickens. Oh, well. And they're like, dude, I'm sick and tired of your whole school mom act. I was like, yeah. Damn. But Travis finds a farmer's driver's license and cars the farmer's name into the headstone. Chris tells him to Chris tells him the group is waiting on him to leave. Travis snaps at Chris and orders them to wait. Travis helps the others move James onto the truck. James winces but insists he's okay. As they start to drive, however, the pain becomes unbearable. And he passes out. Stone cold. Oh yeah. And that, he, that's me. <laughs> I understand how he felt. I mean just ugh. <laughs> it must have been guys i mean if you've ever had i hope you never had to experience this if you've i remember i had a surgery on my leg and they had to change out the bandages and oh my god this was like on morphine i was high as a i was high as a kite mm-hmm. i mean a kite was probably jealous because i was higher than it mm-hmm. and when they changed the gauze i felt everything mm. every rip every tear every pull. And I pass out i didn't pass out but I did go into shock, and I was about to pass out. You were shivering. I started, I burst into sweat. This happened to you before with me. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. I'm not getting details, but I'm like, you know, Khalees had some close calls where I'm just like, you're just going to pass out. Just throw up and just pass out. Because for me, I'm like, passing out is is a blessing, in my opinion, because <laughs> you don't feel the pain anymore. So go ahead. I've, I've passed out several times. Like, I fainted over sprained ankle, so I'm like, pass out is good. Pass out, you know, it's like, oh, I can't handle it. Pass out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I've i had some pretty close instances where I <laughs> needed to deal with pain, and it's just that whole level is a little higher than normal. But when it gets to that point where you bought, you go into shock, you can't stop shivering, you pass That's out. That's bad, yeah. It's really bad. So you've been there, but you've never been shot, and... I'm sure getting shot is just as painful or more painful than what you're talking about because it wasn't that, like, that good leg meat, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it's a through and through, so he got the pain coming through both sides kind of thing. And so that night, Travis overhears Brandon, Derek, Chris discussing killing James. Which is ridiculous. Okay, we keep going. Chris points out that James isn't getting better. James insists he'll get better. Sorry, Travis insists he'll get better with time, and they can survive at the farmhouse long enough for him to recover. He grabs Chris's gun and refuses to let them kill James. Wow, this scene, I was like, ooh, it was like a really good pimple that was about to pop. Oh, yuck, yucky comparison. Oh, it was, but you know, it's like that pimple, it hurts, but it's right there, and then when the moment you... You're like that pressure's released, and you're like, "Oh, if it's it's gooey and it's nasty." Gross, gross, honey. I just ate. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the people can. I'm painting a wonderful picture. Mm. But I like the fact he's like, "You don't have the balls to do what it takes," and then he pops a bullet at him. As as they said, another guys, he did a he did an office pop. <laughs> mm. 
So Travis guards James and informs him that his friends want to kill him. James explains that they had a friend, Troy, who became infected and made them promise to kill him before he turned. When it came time, however, Troy <laughs> changed his mind. James says that he apologized to Troy and shot him. Travis says this is different because James isn't dying, but James insists it doesn't matter as long as they think he's dying. Uh. And this was to me was a, a powerful scene in this because you can see this the fear on the young hurt bros james's face mm -hmm. and plus he has my middle name so i was kind of like no don't kill james he's okay <laughs> he just feels like crap i mean he will heal i mean that was a most thing. likely but they're like he's dead weight bro he's dead weight yeah and chris like yeah dude he's dead weight the follower <laughs> he's such a sheep i want to I wanted to, oh man, but I'll get into that later. The next morning, Chris brings food to Travis in the barn and says he's afraid of Brandon and Derek. Travis assures him he'll be okay. They hug. Chris seizes the moment and tackles Travis, pinning him down. <laughs> and Brandon and Derek rush in. Brandon shoots James in the head. Uh. Now, at this point, I thought he's going to kill him. He's gonna shoot. He's gonna shoot Chris because Chris has now crossed the line again. He nah, but I thought Chris was gonna shoot him. But then I knew, oh, he couldn't have because we see him later. Yeah, but. we saw him later. But that was that was more likely that situation. But I was just thinking, Travis shows up by himself, so I was like, oh, and he felt remorseful, like bad, and I was like, oh, maybe he did something to Chris, and I was getting excited. The murder in me was just like, mm, get that bastard. Mm -mm. can't off his own his own blood brandon and Derek load the truck travis who is staying behind implores chris to stay with him chris says he's better off without travis and leaves the farm with brandon and Derek. and this i was like your son is a complete a-hole good riddance to bad rubbish i was i was like travis i just want okay this is gonna sound really weird i wanted to hug travis that's not weird. Because I'm like, dude, you did everything you could. And your son is bad news. He's really gone off the deep end real quick. Real quick. I mean, because even that stuff that he was saying to his dad, you know, I'm scared. And, you know, they know him since they were six years old. And I can't believe what would they do to me. Like, it was all believable. But I knew I knew it was up to something because I don't trust that child at all. Oh, yeah. And, it was but too then, much of a quick But turn. I was like, Wow, you can say all that and then still support them shooting this guy in the head. If it is true, they know they're six years old. That's pretty messed up. And, knowing and they that, will do something to you. And knowing that he's, I mean, think about it. He, If they can kill someone that they've known since six, they've known you for a, like a minute. And Travis is begging. He's like, just leave him with me. Just leave him with me. And you guys can go. And I was like, what, yeah, what would have been the issue? Why not just leave him? And they could have. And they could have just left him with Travis. Yeah. Why did you have to shoot him? It didn't make any sense. Because it's like, dude, I'm not dying. He's not dying. And everyone's saying he isn't dying, but they're like, no, we have to kill him. So I was like, no, you wanted no, to kill him. No, if he turns, that'll be Travis's problem because you guys can just leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And after they leave, Travis. That pissed me off so much. Like the worst death murder in this whole season to me. Like, it's it was just pointless. So stupid. It was stupid and pointless. <laughs> and. It really solidified I, how much I hate these guys and Chris. Mm -hmm. Really rooting for Chris to be dead. <laughs> Drown him. Travis buries James, then leaves the farm. Back in the present, Madison assures Travis that he 
didn't have a choice and reminds him that Chris is still out there. Travis regrets not telling Chris that he loved him when they parted ways. Madison holds his hand. And at this point, this scene, I enjoyed it because it was just like, I really felt his pain because he's like, the last thing he heard from me was, God damn you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, Chris, in his face, when he turned away finally from watching his dad, he had a look of sadness. He did. So no matter what Travis thinks, Chris knows that his father loves him. Oh, Chris does, but he can't face. I did like this right before he left. He was like, it's not me, dad. It's you. You had me thinking that I was broken. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I was just adapting. I'm, I was adapting. And I was like, no, nigga, you are. Sorry. No, dude, you are broken because you don't care. You you don't have remorse. I mean, you can put down zombies. That's fine. But you got to have that that line that, you know, you don't kill someone that doesn't need it well he feels like it's become a part where it's like kill or be killed no exactly and it's not at that point yet no exactly because james was not a threat no he wasn't and none of them and really the farmer wasn't much of a threat either no he he actually shot he took a he shot him but he was scared and it's just like okay we could have like we'll leave we'll leave or whatever could have reasoned with him but as i mean i guess as far as everything all the killings james was the one that just didn't make any sense it really didn't because he wasn't a threat and it's like kill or be killed like james was gonna kill you i don't think so no exactly he was sick he was needed to recuperate and y'all shot him then so and that's one thing it was like and travis knew that because he's like oh it only hurts when we move you and he's like yes well then i promise not to move you anymore after i stitch up the back Mm mm-hmm so I really felt a lot of Travis compassion this episode. And I think Chris understood. I mean, even though he was like just being a little con artist, that he does understand what his dad was trying to teach him. Even though I don't like this person, their life still matters. But Chris is like, I don't care. I know what you're trying to teach me, but I don't care. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just it was something good. It was something So for Travis to feel guilty about the last words he said to him, I really think he needs to let that go because his kid knows already. And so Madison goes to the parking garage and finds it filled with survivors. Andrea explains that they let the 43 survivors in and are examining them for infection. Alicia examines a survivor for bite wounds. This is where we hear, no, 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 it's just a bat. (laughs) Madison takes her for a walk. And I really... I want to know your opinion after we get I finish recapping this scene. On the pier, Madison talks Alicia, tells Alicia that mm-hmm. her father's car accident was in fact a suicide. Yeah. Alicia fit reels from the news and asks what the suicide note said. I love you all. Enough's but enough. But enough's enough. Madison says she explains that she never told Alicia and Nick because she wanted to protect Nick who she worried would end up like his father because Mm. he was so much like his father. She says the only reason when she paid less attention to Alicia over the years was the, was that she believed that she was doing all right. Mm -hmm. And they, they hug. They And I mean, to, to me, I like this scene, but I had a hard time believing Alicia a little bit. What do you mean? Her, the way she delivered like shock and it's just like 
I didn't I didn't really believe it, but when she started crying, I just I felt her then. Uh, okay, so eventually you did believe that she was feeling shocked. She was shocked because she's like, you told us she fell asleep. And like, and, and, and she's kind of accusing her, like, how do you know, you know? And she's like, well, he left a note. Mm. And what did you think about that? I love you all, but en- enough's enough. He was, I was depressed. Like, it it was too much. It was just too much. You got a druggie son um, and going in and out of rehab and trouble mm-hmm. and he probably had his own stuff he was dealing with he's like i can't deal with this right Goodbye. right so that night a small group of survivors arrives at the hotel gate including brandon and Derek. is that it for the synopsis and that's the recap <laughs> good 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 the recap that was good um so that was an interesting way to end it because i'm like oh damn it we see these guys again I want to just be rid of you guys. Just just go. Just go. But the beauty of it is, where in the hell is Chris? Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? They killed him already. Didn't last that long. Oh, I know. And he probably was, my dad, shut up. Shut up, bro. Shut up, bro. Shut up, bro. I'm a pop. I don't know. But I don't think Chris is dead, though. Maybe. maybe I think they're just teasing us a little bit. Maybe they're, um... Maybe Chris got hurt. No, no, no. no. They're casing the joint. I think he's with them. I think they're casing the joint. He's sending Chris around the other way. Probably. Maybe. So, best things of the episode, in your opinion. You go ahead and start. Well, I feel that the pacing, the storytelling was actually, it flowed right right into each other. And it was a great dynamic with showing remorseful Travis versus Travis the dad trying to help and ease the tension that kept building throughout his story. Mm-hmm. So I thought the storytelling, the pacing, going back and forth was actually very helpful for this episode. You always just talk about pacing. Like you're some kind of freaking expert on pacing. Hey, I'm getting better with this. That's why <laughs> we have back to the podcast. Uh-huh. But And the dialogue. The dialogue throughout the entire show seemed very weighted. And it helped propel the tension. The convo between Chris and Travis and Madison and Alicia were very, like, heavy moments to me. Parenting moments. Wow, you just sound so dis, so dis. No, no, I'm just like, you know, just parenting moments. Well, I just said I thought they were good because you see the coming together of one, you see the coming together of one parent and child and the separation of the other parent and child. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was good about this also great about this episode because as madison as she's did you see like when she tried to kiss travis yes of course and she's like oh everything's gonna be okay and like she's all horny or something oh yeah and she goes to kiss him and he jumps back and i was like and then she's like ready where are you going oh i have to go i have to go talk to alicia and i was like yeah you don't need regrets in this world you gotta love the people you love and pretty much that's what he was saying and then he was also talking about it was pretty heavy about um, how Chris used to be such a sweet boy and then he didn't have a safe place and he became the guy he is now. So Travis understands how his son devolved to this way and he blames himself. But in all honesty, he can't take all the blame for that. No, he can't. But remember, I think I said this last episode about how, or maybe this was a private conversation mm-hmm. between you and I, like how, Travis, not Travis, but Chris may have saw like, oh, maybe there was something going on. Like, 
Travis ends up hitting, getting with Madison while separating from his mom. And he's. Do you still believe that? Because I don't. I don't, but I'm just saying, like, maybe this is the way, like, he sees Madison and him, like, destroying, that destroyed his But family. see, we already said that in the last episode that he wouldn't have thought that because he was actually really nice to Madison in the beginning. He only became, he only turned on her when she suspected him. I think that was a private conversation. No, no, we did say it on the show. Okay. Yeah. Just in case, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember half the time. That's okay. And worst things of this episode. It wasn't really wasn't a worst. It was good. It was a good storytelling, and we see how unreasonable things are getting with the bros, and how unstable they are. And that oh lord, now we have three unstable individuals hanging out together like wolves or coyotes. They're a pack of locusts. Like they ate up all the chicken, then it's time to move on. So, and then Travis feeling relief to be back with Madison and being able to spill all his guts to her. And then her thinking, oh, well, you know, I got to sell this stuff with Alicia. All right. For me, some of these worst things technically are not worst things because we just discussed them and I really enjoyed them. But Travis regret. I, I say it's the worst thing because he's really beating himself up. And I'm like, he's being too hard on himself. We think that. But as parents, I mean, really, at the end of the day, Chris is his responsibility. Chris wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So he exactly. does feel like he's responsible and he's still a child. He's barely 16. So Travis, of course, is going to feel like he's responsible for how he's And he also did doing. promise his ex-wife to look after him before he popped her in the head in season one. Which so, is something that he normally wouldn't even need. He probably didn't feel like he needed to promise. He's like, of course, I'm going to take care of my own child. But the fact that, and but that was whole Chris saying, you know, but you are doing mom's wishes by letting me go. You are taking care of me by letting me go. Right. And I think that was, I was like, damn. He's, so Chris has relieved him of feeling guilty, basically. Trying to, anyway. But at the end of the day, just just like, you know, they always say, you know, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. You know, parents will be parents. And that is his one child. And his child is extremely damaged and bad business. But he even thinks, well, maybe I should just let them have killed him. And then we could have just gone because it made it wasn't good, but it was what was good for my son. He starts to second guess his own morality in the object of trying to save his kid, which is a serious issue in today's society as a whole, is that some parents may sacrifice their own morals and value standards for the good of their one kid instead of for the good of the whole. Or like Travis did, the good of the whole, but feels bad that he made that choice over his own offspring. And also... Well, another thing, I, I mean, I'm nitpicking here, mm. but like I said, I said this earlier, Alicia's response to her father's suicide, in the beginning, it just seemed, she wasn't shocked, but she seemed... She did seem shocked. Not to you me. Didn't, you didn't watch it twice, I don't think. I didn't see... No, I watched the beginning twice. I didn't... I just mm. finished it once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, but like I said, as the conversation moved on, but Madison's mood, as she's telling her this, seemed like... Um, I wanted more hesitation from her a little bit because, and she's like, I want to tell you something, hold my hand. And it's just seemed very cold to me, not real loving, like, Oh, come here, baby. Your mom loves you. Or, you know, I wanted something that was, she's really, she didn't have out. any affection really for her husband. And I think she's it's just time for her just to like, just be honest about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. And this is, is why I worried about Nick so much because I thought he was like your dad. Your dad was your dad was suicidal. He committed suicide. Took his own life. You need to know that. And in comparison, I thought you were okay, but and, I didn't love you any less. 
And I think I said that in a previous episode where right. I was like, because And I believe Madison. She doesn't love her any less. She's no, just no, no. less work. She's worried about her because she seems like she's someone who's strong enough to take care of herself. But any parent out there who's listening or a sibling who's grown up in a family, you know, you have brothers and sisters, you, you know, I mean, I have, I'm one of four and my dad was one of nine. And like, there's always at least one kid who does need more attention and more work than the others. And the parents will feel guilty because they have to give that attention. But there's always going to be one that needs extra help. And that's just how it is. And in my family, it's the baby, you know, and I've even my parents apologize. And I was like, it is totally cool because we all know that he needed more help, more guidance, more attention. And that's fine. You know, I don't hold it against you. I really don't, you know, because I didn't feel ignored, you know, but maybe sometimes some parents may do overkill and kind of do completely ignore their their child or their children who are doing well. Didn't you feel like that sometimes, Khalif? Because you, you're in the middle. Sometimes actually, the middle child gets kind of forgotten in the shuffle, too. <laughs> actually, no. Hmm. Here's the thing. I never felt like I was forgotten about um, because I was – okay, guys. If you don't know, I'm Khalif Knight is the only boy in an all-girl family. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and my older sister had a thing together. And my niece oh, – my niece, Jesus Christ, my younger sister would tag along. And so they always had their girls thing. And that was cool because I knew that there were certain things like they're going to go to the store, Macy's or something, and shop for panties. I don't want to be a part of that. That's gross. So, it's not gross. But no. I, I do think, I mean, even your mom's a bit to me that sometimes she felt like she didn't give you enough attention well, no, when no, you were no. growing up. Well, let me get to that because the thing is, growing up as a my, as, in a single mom household, mm. as a mother, it's kind of hard to raise a man. So, Which is exactly what Madison's going through, right? Yes. You know, after her husband kills himself, it's like, oh my gosh. She doesn't. You don't know what to do. How exactly. do you? Exactly. So then you How have do I a make daughter. Him into a good man. So you have a daughter and a you have a daughter and a son. You're gonna you know how to raise a woman because you are a woman. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to raise a man, and this is for all you single mothers out there. I don't really want to say that exactly. No, no, no. I'm not hurting anybody. (laughs) I'm just saying that it is difficult. And so... There are some issues that your son may deal with that you have, uh, but your daughter as well, because your life growing up as a parent is different than what your child is going through. Oh, especially now. Exactly. So um, maybe, like, for some parents, you you may know, like, for example, even Travis' situation, you may have been the popular kid. People liked you. You're the athlete. You're the go-getter, whatever, whatever. But you have a kid who is ostracized, who is different, who is bullied. And you may not know how to deal with that because your kid is going to be different and they have different life experiences. So male or female, I think that just across the board, as a single parent, extra hard because you have you don't have anybody to back you up or help you out with that. So that's when it becomes difficult. And so as I was saying, like with the fact that, you know, growing up in my mom's home, so there had to be moments where I had, I knew my role in the family. And so I just wanted to be left alone a lot (laughs) because they had their things and I had to learn how to do things on my own, self-entertain. Now, if my mom has told me that before, like she wished she showed me more affection, but she showed me a ton of affection. That's why we talk a lot nowadays. You know, I'm not, not a mom. Not so much boy. affection, except for like attention. 
Well, because the the girls were always asking for shit. Right, always right. like, oh, mom, I got to get my hair done. Oh, mom, I need to go to the nail shop. Oh, mom. And it's just like me. And it's like, well, Jack, what do you need? Nothing. I'm good. I want a sandwich. <laughs> you know what's weird, though? I never really asked my parents to show up for any of my events. That was something I didn't really ask them. I want some meatloaf. But, you know, it's important that they do show up and that they do support your interests. And my mom did to a certain extent, but I mean, in her way, I knew my mother. So, so we can see that Alicia seeming that she was fine. Didn't get as much attention as she deserved. Finally realized that her mom didn't notice her and see her. She just realized that the, your brother needed more, needed more work. Right. So before so we maybe that helps up, Alicia understand most likely. And I think Alicia understood that. Cause she said that to, strand like oh she was busy taking care of everyone else Mm -hmm. you know but predictions what do you predict will happen in the last two episodes well the hotel's gonna be overrun and they're gonna have to leave that's really all all i can predict i i think this is what's gonna happen i'm gonna take it one step further the douchebag bros are are there right by themselves chris is casing the joint but they think because of madison what she said if anyone lays a hand or hurt each other you will get kicked out. Travis will do something to the douche leader, to the bro douche leader with thinking that Chris They're is They're not going to let the bros in. No, I think so. Not them, because Travis is not going to see it until after no. they're in. Yes. Okay. Because well, they because okay, here's the thing. Okay, okay, I don't want to argue about it. You're not bit. arguing. I'm explaining for people <laughs> that's listening. Here it is. Travis doesn't let them in. Some of the other people, because they already let 43-some-odd survivors in, so they're going to start letting people in. These people get in. Travis sees that there's an ish, that he has an issue with them. Tra- Chris is still missing. Travis does something against those two, or maybe even end up killing the douchebag bro. And because of the law that Madison set forth, and Travis would have to leave, she would also decide to leave to stay with travis that's a ridiculous prediction travis isn't gonna kill anybody you don't think so but no. they already, here's why he already set up because if fact, he was going to he would have done it already no he hasn't look no he's not he, a murderer he didn't oh trust me no listen you said no but you ain't you mm-hmm. haven't produced anything i'm saying because he can't listen, do it he, he can't, can't kill it. someone in cold blood he just, he's he, not capable of He it. hasn't been pushed to that point yet. Okay, whatever. I just don't think it's true. I Just because you don't think it's true, don't I, mean And plus, I saw true. the preview. The hotel is overrun, and they have to leave. Well, that doesn't mean that <laughs> he kills the guy. Just because you saw the, the thing doesn't mean anything. I'm saying... Anyways, gonna so happen. it's going to be a two-part finale. So, yeah. Yeah. But I really hope the first part, he kills the other dude. I mean, that's what you can hope, but I predict that it's not even well, possible. Well, you can hope, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right. Okie dokie. And so on this note, I'll remember, support the other new shows that we got going on. Friendly Fire. Friendly Flat Fire's not, not new. Just listen. <laughs> Friendly Fire, Flatfoot, which is... Back will to be, the podcast. Hold up. Which Flatfoot, which will be coming back with the season three of American Crime. Sure will. Um... Back to the podcast, starting up, coming to you on Wednesdays, whatever day See, is your day. Crusade Entertainment is growing. And come, and if you want to know the schedule, come to crossfire.crusade.net. 
look at the schedule on the homepage and the schedule will adjust to wherever you are in the world to let you know when to catch us. That's how I do things. Awesome. And on that note, I am your boy Khalif. And I'm your girl Jamise. We catch you next time. Mm-hmm.